0: for podcasting
1: the psa's you hear on miller and condon and iheart media des moines are presented in part by nick mick we take care of our own now here's miller and condon live from the DraftKings sportsbook and wild rose studio this is des moines sports station 1460 kxno
0: With you until noon. Thanks for spending the uh, some of your morning with us here as we. Talk sports with you. In 10 minutes, Frank Schwab, Yahoo YahooSports.com, one of their uh, national NFL columnists. He will slide on in here. We'll catch up with Frank Schwab in a couple of weeks since we spoke with him last. We're down to four teams. We'll take a good look at both the AFC and the NFC Championship game coming up on Sunday afternoon. Well, I guess one of them technically, early evening hours. What is the late game? It's got to be the NFC, right? The, it uh, is, Yeah, yes. San Francisco, Pacific Time Zone. Uh, so we'll get the Chiefs 1st o five. 2.05 and, and then 5, 5.40. 5.40. So same time as the Super Bowl. So we'll get those two this week as we're down to three football games. No football this weekend. I mean, this Saturday. None. Zip, nada. Nothing. Nothing. We don't got a D3 game. No. I don't think we have any. XFL? Anything. No. f. No, not. But there might be a college all-star game, but I oh, struggle to go. watch them. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, I I, I I'll flip out.
2: it on and then, I'll, what am I doing? Right, exactly. <laughs> there's going to be a ton of good college basketball. There's no on,
0: question about that,
2: and that will certainly yeah. dominate the television.
0: Uh, Iowa State, Texas Tech at night, right? Six o'clock start. I think it's a night game, something like that. That sounds right. I'm not a hundred percent. Well, you know what? I'm going to find out for sure, so we can be accurate here. Why would? Uh, why wouldn't we? Three. We oh, it's three o'clock. Stand corrected. Yeah. You and I Bradley, though,
2: 5 o'clock.
0: That's the one I was thinking of. I knew one of them played uh, at night, and that's on ESPN 2. On the deuce? Yes, on the deuce. Nice. Uh, Anyway, so Jessica Mendoza, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. I think she does a nice job. I'm I'm, I'm a fan of Mendoza. Mm -hmm. I know that um, not a lot of folks like her in her role. I, I think she does a great job. I do. But... Uh, She's, she's sharing an opinion that I don't know how it's going to go over, Trent. I don't think it's the consensus, and that's fine. I I give her credit for, you know, her willingness to put herself out there. She is, she's got a real problem with Mike Fires, the Houston, former Houston Astro, now Oakland A pitcher, who was the for lack of a better term, the whistleblower on this whole scandal yep. uh, that was denied, denied, denied at first, and then uh, the investigation started, and it was a legitimate investigation. And as we know, a couple of high-profile guys lost their lost their gigs. Cappy joined us yesterday. He thinks that they should uh, they should take back the championship. Man, vacate, I'd, vacate it, just leave it blank. I don't know. It doesn't do anything. We saw with our own two eyes. Yes. Right. That's what it is. Think of
2: the vacated titles and the vacated Final Fours. And, yeah,
0: Reggie Bush won a Heisman. Right. right. Michigan
2: went to back-to-back championship games. We saw it. Yes. The Fab Five was a real thing. <laughs> they were. I remember. I was wearing the shorts. I had the black socks.
0: I wanted to be like those dudes. Yeah, they were trendsetters, weren't oh, they? Oh, no doubt. Boy, oh boy. That was that was a long time ago, too. Anyways, but uh, but Mendoza is... Speaking of that... 25 yes. years ago today was
2: the uh, first game in Carver after Chris Street's passing. Was it? Against 25 Michigan in the, five years? Years, in
0: the Fab Five? Holy mackerel.
2: Well, what do be 25 be 27 years? It's, it's the anniversary. 93, though. right? Yeah. It, it's the anniversary. Okay. Today. So today. I saw BTN had, uh, put up a clip. Did the highlights of that game.
0: Gotcha. So, so Mendoza, what kind of blowback is she going to get? I, well, she's still employed by the Mets, isn't she? She's employed by the Mets. She's employed by ESPN, which is kind of tricky in its own right. right. But, um, she's got a, she thinks that this guy's a snitch. I found the clip here
2: that you're talking oh, did about. Did you? This is from First Take earlier today on ESPN. Because
0: she was on Golik and Wingo, and I guess the, she's making the rounds throughout all the ESPN shows. So, so play for us. How much
2: for each player of what they were doing? Who's going to tell? We had one player that came out and ratted everyone out. But are you going to get and dig into the weeds and have player being like, well, it was Max. It was definitely Steven. I mean, you're not going to be able to really about, find out. How do you Mike fires what for uh, ratting everyone out? I, I mean, as a teammate, as someone that's been in a clubhouse, I am all for going to your next team and be like, "Hey, yo, when we play the <laughs> Astros, like, look out, this is what's going on." To publicly come out, I mean, I got fi- when I found that out, I was fired up. Just being a teammate—that's how much
0: for. E- I think he I think, uh, he did the right thing. Fires, I'm talking about. Right. I have no problem with what he did, Trent. He's
2: not beholden to the Houston Astros. No. He doesn't play for them. He plays nope. in the same division.
0: And I get her point about, you know, keeping it in the clubhouse with the A's be listening for this or whatever, especially if they're in Houston. But this wasn't going to stop. No, not at all. Absolutely not going to stop. So, and do I think that this is the first case that the Astros were the first one to come up with this scheme? Of course not.
2: Maybe not something as driven with both the technology coupled with the old school banging the trash can. Well, together. and
0: if you heard the audio? It's oh, yeah. clear it's as day. Yes. yeah. If
2: There's you
0: hear the drum, you're getting a break. Are there the 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 bang? You're getting a breaking pitch. If you don't hear anything, it's just be sitting dead red because it's coming.
2: And this is going to be tainted forever. I mean, you think back to the big moments and Altuve's home run and those types of yes. things, and well, did this five foot five guy really just know that pitch? He saw it out of the hand and jumped on or You know what was coming? Mm-hmm. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be tainted. And for the Houston side of things, it was such an incredible run. They're coming yeah. off of Hurricane Harvey. There's so uh, much great positive yeah. that was happening City there. City really needed that. That's they a great absolutely point. absolutely did. They rallied around it. And then you have this. I mean, as a fan. I just can't imagine something like that for something that was that important to a yeah, city. Yeah, you know
0: what? I just wonder how the fan base is taking. No big deal. Everybody's doing it. Just that we got caught. Right. A lot of sour grapes out there. We're better. You know how fans are. Sure. Um,
2: you can justify pretty much anything. Yes, as a you fan. can. Absolutely. I've been guilty of that in the past. Absolutely. I'm sure you have too. Well,
0: I well, I yeah, but I certainly listened to a lot of it and grateful for it that the passion uh, is there amongst them. But. um I just wonder what uh, you know the, the blowback Mendoza is going to have coming her way now. I think the players... Look, when John Smoltz... When you hear some of the big names in the game, right? The pitchers who, during the steroid era, were critical of the guys that were getting an edge. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the guys in the game that would come out against fellow players and be willing to take a stand... I applaud Mike Fires for what he did. I don't look at him as a snitch one bit. Now it'll be interesting to see how other teams react. He doesn't bat. Nope, for the most part. I mean, I know there's going to be some games, some, uh, some interleague play when, when, but I don't, th- I don't think he's going to hear any blowback, Trent. I don't. Uh, I think this. I think he did
2: the game a solid. I'm, I have the exact same perspective view. I know it's not compelling radio, but I can't agree with you anymore. It's absolutely how you can look at that in a negative light, and even. Even if he was your teammate, he was your buddy, and he "quote unquote" turned you in. Mm. You're cheating, right? It's it's not that you he's he's turning you in for something you didn't do or something that you were outright cheating.
0: You right. know what you were doing. You got caught. Yeah, you want to steal? You want to steal the third base coach's signs? You want to figure them mm. out? That's been going on since the game was invented. The technology thing is where things are changing now. I don't like it. Frank Schwab coming up next. Uh, I, I do like the fact that Mike Fires did what he did. I'm anxious to see uh, the blowback that uh, Jessica McE- Mendoza. But, again, hats off to her mm-hmm. for not keeping it inside, for bar- her willingness to go out there and put herself out there. Good for her. Right now it's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio and 1460 KXNO. Text the keyword BALL. To 200-200 right now, to your chance to win a grand. That's ball to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply
1: in this nationwide contest.
0: Let's talk NFL next, shall we? Frank Schwab, you and I, are and I, uh, YahooSports.com. Frank Schwab next, still to come. Mark Moore, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Trent and I until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 14th.org. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Do some Big Ten West with Mark here uh, in, no oh, about 15 minutes or thereabouts. Let's get Frank Schwab in here, YahooSports.com. He covers the NFL and does a fine job of doing just that. YahooSports.com if you're an NFL friend. Uh, Frank is a must-read. Frank, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you?
3: Good, good. What's going on?
0: Well, I, you know, before we get into the matchups, I want to, uh, uh, go back to a couple of pieces that you wrote earlier in the week. Um, and first I want to get, I guess start with Tony Romo, and I know he's a free agent, and I would think that CBS wants to keep him. I mean, it didn't take him and Nance very long to quickly establish the chemistry that those two have. ESPN needs a jolt <laughs> uh, on Monday night. It makes sense, but does it make sense at 10 to 14 million dollars, Frank? <laughs>
3: I mean, that's a lot of money. That's—I don't know how to quantify it. I—I I, can—I can quantify how much a running back you know, means to an offense, but it, to quantify how much Tony Romo is worth to a Monday Night Football broadcast, I, I guess I—I I really don't even—I have no idea. I—you know, obviously ESPN feels like the, you know the broadcast booth isn't working since Gruden left, and I think that's probably true. Yep. but. You know, I I don't know. I, I'm not one of these guys that goes nuts about announcers, so it's hard for me to say if their ratings are gonna you know totally skyrocket if Tony joins the the booth. Uh, I would think matchups mean more than announcers, but he's clearly a star. He's clearly. He's one of the very, very, very rare announcers in this day and age that everybody kind of agrees upon. Everybody or everybody likes. I think everybody agrees upon most announcers, but in a negative way. He's the one that's that's kind of above the whole. We're going to be salty on social media about every announcer on on television. So maybe it is worth it to them. I think it would be great. It would be great for Monday Night Football. I think it'd be fun. It'd be something new. I wonder who they would pair him with. But yeah, if hey, ESPN probably looks at it and says, okay, well, we've tried Witten, we've tried McFarland, neither really worked. How do we fix this thing? Let's find the number one guy and just throw so much money at him, he can't refuse.
0: Could it be Sean McDonough? I know a lot of people think he's a better, and I, he's, I think he's good wherever he is, whether he's on Saturday doing a college game or whether it's a Monday night game, and apparently him and Gruden maybe not uh, didn't have the best relationship. It was professional. I thought it was during the broadcast. I couldn't tell. But do you think that Sean McDonough could be pers- persuaded to go back to the Monday night booth?
3: I don't know. I, I I like Sean too. I think he's really good I, I actually thought he was really good during that season, even you know, if, if him and into did have the greatest chemistry. But I think that just goes back to the negative negativity with start you almost have to start over. Like you, if if you're you're spending that much money on Romo, are you gonna bring back a play by play guy who was kind of universally panned by everybody? Again, this is 2020 social media everything gets panned. Everybody hates everything. So I don't know if that's Sean's fault necessarily, but I do think that look if you're going to remake the booth, just just go all out. I mean, if you're going to spend ten million bucks a year on Tony Romo, yeah, don't 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 uh, go with a play-by-play guy who already kind of has one strike against him.
2: You know, Frank. Uh, before we get to the championship games, uh, some breaking news here. OBJ. Odell Beckham was in the locker room with LSU after their championship. Saw uh, video of him he had to cash to some players after the game. But he uh he slapped the security guard's butt in the locker room and now he's being charged. And an a arrest warrant has been issued for OBJ. It just Cleveland Browns and, and him too, it doesn't seem like they can get out of their own way.
3: No, definitely. And this this is oh, boy, this is a dumb story. <laughs> yeah, it really is. What are we even doing here? Yeah. But you know, it's just another chapter of the OBJ saga, and I, I'm still with like this one. I I think it's tough. The cash thing, I think it's and that's on that's on Odell. I mean, that what are you doing really? Like let's, I, he complains all the time about when you know every, oh, everybody's always. Talking about me, everybody's always focused on me. But he goes millions of miles out of his way to become the center of attention. It just gets old after a while. Now the the thing today, the warrant and all that. I think that that's just what are we doing here? Like really, the New Orleans police, this is what they're worried about. But right. uh, you know, in general it just be, it would just be nice for Odell Beckham to to not do things to get him in, in the headlines 24/7.
0: And were the were the cops in the locker room because the team was smoking cigars and celebrate. Did I read that that, that anyways, I don't want yeah, to talk. Is
3: that what it was? I the, yeah, I think that was the story. Yeah, that 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 was illegal and they were going to like yeah, please. arrest the players. <laughs> or it was just oh, it's so Everything about
0: that story, though Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Frank Schwab, uh, Yahoo Sports is our guest. Frank, who was hired? Who's this year's Freddy Kitchen? Do you think when we're, fast forward a year from now, who is the one hire that maybe, only gets a year, or did the teams from where you sit? Because I'll be honest with you, when Freddie Kitchens was hired, I went who? And I followed the league. I love the league. Um, but is there, is there one hire this year that, um, you know, may get a very short leash? Might we be talking about a guy who only got a year for, I mean, follow followed the Arizona Cardinals, now the Browns? Who is that next year? Is there one?
3: Yeah, I don't know if there's one necessarily. It's going to be a one and done. That's, that's pretty rare and pretty extreme. But I think, it has to be Joe Judge. The answer to that question, if I'm going to give you a name, it has to be Joe Judge because he's just such an unknown. It was so out of nowhere. I I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was just shocked. And, you know, I do think we have to bring up the, you know, there is legitimate criticism of the NFL not hiring enough black head coaches. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's not enough diversity. And, you know, that, and that's fine. That, that, that's a legitimate uh, you know, a legitimate uh, uh, complaint, but, you know, when you do that, you have to also say, okay, well, which of these guys didn't deserve to be hired then because, uh, well, Joe Judge, uh, how how could you look at his resume, look at Eric Kennedy's resume, or look at Joe Caldwell's resume, and say, yes, Joe Judge is our guy. Now, Joe Judge might be the, the next John Harbaugh, kind of come out of nowhere, even though John Harbaugh has had the family name. Uh, he might be a phenomenal head coach, but he's such an unknown that I have no idea. I don't know. Like, is this guy going to be, you know, set the coaching world on fire? Is he going to be just a, a total debacle? I, it's, I, it, there's no way to tell. I thought other, the other hires were just solid, brother of the mill hires. I, I wasn't blown away by any of them. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't... It, Really, like, critical of any of them. I thought they were all smart for their own reasons Matt Rule and Mike McCarthy and all that. So, but there's one name on that list that you kind of say, well, this might really, really be a debacle. I think Joe Judges, it, it's got to be the answer just because he's the unknown.
2: You know, Frank, uh, as we get ready for the championship games, two pretty significant favorites in both of these games, the home teams, obviously. Let's start first in the AFC. It will be the early game Sunday, Chiefs with the Titans. And at least with my perspective, the Titans, what they've been able to do, absolutely incredible, two consecutive road games. But that blueprint that they had the first couple of games doesn't have to be completely different this week to beat this Chiefs team.
3: Yeah, you'd think so. But you know what? I said the same one last week. I, oh, yeah. I said, there's no way that they're going to be able to throw for 74 yards and beat the Baltimore Ravens. Well, they threw like 84, whatever it was. So they're just playing such good football that I don't... Yeah, I, you you assume logically that, that to beat Patrick Mahomes they're going to have to get something out of Ryan Tannehill. And I think they can. I For the people who have been critical about Ryan Tannehill, I, I wonder, did you watch in the regular season and have you watched the playoffs? Right. Because both of those games followed the same script of, hey, we don't need to score. We're just going to run Derrick Henry and we're going to win this game. I don't think that's anything negative against Ryan Tannehill. He threw a bad pick against New England, but I thought he played just fine against the Ravens, and then they got the big lead and decided, okay, we're going to take the air out of the ball until the Ravens threaten us, and they never did. I don't think that's Tannehill's fault. So I think Tannehill is capable of doing it for sure. They're playing well on defense. They're playing Derek Derrick Henry's just been a monster. Their offensive line's been on fire. I, I, I think that that game's going to be close. I really do. Yeah. I don't know necessarily the Titans have the firepower to, to ultimately win. We're talking about Keith's team that, You know, everybody's talking about a comeback, and that's great. But let's also focus on this: for the last three quarters of a football game, a playoff football game, the Chiefs outscored their opponent fifty-one to seven. I mean, that's that ain't something you're going to see in the NFL too often. So the Chiefs are playing on their minds that they win by thirty. It wouldn't shock me, but. I do believe in the Titans team. I, I don't think are a fluke, and I think we're going to get a good ASC title
0: again. Mm, go go back to Bill O'Brien's decision. I I thought they got a bad spot, a terrible spot when they settled for the field goal to make it twenty four nothing. I think that that sure. was clearly close enough to at least take a look at it. That um, they marked it a yard short. I thought it was bad. But Frank, I had no problem with the fake punt. I know it backfired and it gave the Chiefs all the momentum. Uh, and I'm probably in the minority, what were your thoughts on those two plays in particular?
3: Yeah, I, I hated the field goal. I just thought it just—you have like inches to go. What, just go for it. Step on their throat a little bit. Don't give them any reason to believe they win this game. And if hey, you get stopped, you get stopped. That happens. But the, the percentages are in your favor there. And then I'm with you on the take. one. Well, look, I think people get too caught up in results. I think they look at it and they say, "Oh, that got stopped. What a dumb call." Whereas, if he would have gotten if he would have gotten four yards on that play, Daniel Sorensen didn't make a great defense. Great play. play yep. Well, was said, "Oh, what aggressive, great call." These coaches spend so many hours looking for any flaws in your opponent. I am a hundred percent sure that the Houston Texans said, "If we get this this look on a fourth, you know, fourth and short or whatever, this fake will work." And then one guy made a great play. He sniffed it out, and he made an awesome tackle. And that that happens sometimes. He's paid to the Chiefs (laughs) professionals. I had no problem with the call. None. I I thought that, hey, I think that there was a reason they called that. I think they got got the look they wanted, and one guy made a play. So, you know, but the the field goal, yeah, the field goal was just a bad decision, whereas the fake punt was just a bad result.
2: Bill O'Brien, good coach, bad coach, average coach. I mean, what... What context? He gets his teams to the playoffs; they've won games there. Right? Can't get over the hump, but it feels like there's a ton more negativity around him than maybe there should be. Am I wrong?
3: I think he's just one of those coaches who he's good enough to win enough games to keep his job, and that's only going to take you so far. And I I just think, do we really see Bill O'Brien as a guy who can lead the Texans to the Super Bowl? I don't. I. But you're right, like, uh, how can you fire him? He makes playoffs just about every year. Maybe it's 9-7 in the league division, but they do. And so it's almost like the Pete Carroll thing where it's like we can sit here and criticize Pete Carroll and his approach and all that kind of stuff, but the guy wins 10, 11 games every year. Well, what are you going to do, fire him, really? So I think he's just – Bill Bill's not Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll's much better. But I think Bill O'Brien is one of those guys who – he he has his his flaws. They're really bad flaws. They're flaws that are going to hold the Houston Texans back. But it's also tough to just say, "Hey, he just one back-to-back division titles. are going to fire."
0: Uh, make a case for the Packers to march into Levi Stadium and uh, to represent the NFC. Can can they can they win this football game? If so, how do they have to do it? Devontae Adams.
3: Uh, and that's the thing. I don't want to say they can't because it's NFL football. They're only seven-point underdog. It's not like a college game where you're are a 38-point underdog. It's just, you know, the Citadel's never going to beat Alabama. Like, but this is different. This is, yes, of course, they can win, but I can't give you the blueprint for it. I can't figure it out because I watched that 37-8 to 8 game back in Week 12, and they were so overmatched. I mean, it was just, I just think that the one flaw that they had, the Packers have, and, and it's it's it just glaring is they have Devontae Adams and nothing else. Allen Lazard isn't scaring anybody. Jimmy Graham's not scaring anybody. If you can at least live with whatever Devonte does, and, and he's a great player and he's going to get his, I just don't know that they have enough aside from him to, to win that football game against a defense that... When I watched that Vikings game last week, any time a Vikings player had the ball, there was like four guys around. And I was just shocked. I was like, are they letting the 49ers play with 13, 14 guys on defense? Like, how is this happening? So that defense playing out of its mind. And I just don't know that the Packers have it in them offensively to to get that done. I, everybody says, you know, well, what if Aaron Jones has a big game? Well, yeah, that'd be great. But I just thought Dalvin Cook have like 12 yards on seven carries, so I don't know that necessarily that's an easy answer. I think that they're going to have to get a lot of turnovers. They're going to—it's going to have to be one of those games where Jimmy G just kind of melts in the moment. I'm not sure you can depend on that. I, the Packers can win because they're a 13-3 football team with a Hall of Fame quarterback, but. I can't sit here and tell you how I think it, how it's going to happen. I just think that they're really, really overmatched
2: in this game. 24-20 Packers, two minutes to go. The 49ers get the ball back on their own 25. Need a touchdown to win. Do you trust Jimmy G?
3: I think he's very good in those situations. I, I might say yes. I, I'm not saying the a slam dunk. It's not, you know, John Elway in 1987 confidence, but <laughs> I think he could. I, I think he could because I, Jimmy's not a I don't think he's a great quarterback, but he has shown that he he really does well in those moments. He has a slow heartbeat and he's he's pretty good. So I, in that specific scenario, yeah, I think that you know I think that it, that he could do it. Now, if you're telling me like first quarter. The Packers like nine in the box, taking away the run. getting Jimmy Garoppolo throw for four hundred yards and beat the Packers in the NFC Championship? I don't know. I don't know if he's will, if he's capable of doing that. But I would think he's capable of uh, leading that team on a, a game when he tried because he's done before.
0: Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports dot com. Frank, thank you for uh, what you do for us. We'll talk to you prior to the Super Bowl. Thank you, Frank. Yep, no doubt. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. All right, your time out. We'll come back and uh, hear from Mark Moore. going to do a lot of Big Ten West uh, with Mark. T.J. Green back in the fold in Northwestern. Uh, the Hawks, three guys leaving for the NFL. We'll uh, pick Mark's brain. No, spend 10 minutes with Mark or so as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. <laughs> Welcome back, Miller & Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As we take you up until noon, you doing Murph and Andy today, I Trent? am. Yes, I'll be in from 2 until 4 o'clock today.
2: Lots of... Uh guests lined up, and uh, we'll have a little fun. Myself, Eric Zamora, I'll be back on this side of the glass and uh, take you up until 4 o'clock this afternoon.
0: All right, let's get Mark Morehouse in here, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, listen, uh, thank you. I I appreciate you coming on, Mark. I hope you realize that. I do. Um, And uh, we'll move on and move forward with the next 10 minutes or so talking football with with you. Cedar Rapids Gazette is where you can read Mark and all the other fine staff uh, over there. Well, it's official. I guess no surprise, right? The three have now uh, officially entered their names into the uh, upcoming NFL draft, all leaving eligibility on the table. Uh, Wirfs, looks like he's a top 10 pick. Epinesa, probably somewhere before 20. And Geno Stone, as somebody put it last week to us, he was going to be maybe a fourth or fifth round pick this year. Likely the same next year. What did he have to lose? I get all three, Mark. I think they all did the right decision. Made the right decision.
1: He, you can get lost in the shuffle really easy, and I, I, I hope he tests well. We we see how he defends the alley. Uh, we know he has some sort of speed. He has functional football speed. He sees the game at a very high level. I just hope that they don't count him. They don't. They, the The league isn't too harsh on measurables, and and who knows? Maybe Gino will blow everybody away there. I don't know. But you're right, Ken. The fourth or fifth round. I, I I hope that's where he lands because that is a livable. Mm-hmm. Desmond King went there. Um, I think that's a safe round to go. I don't think you have to worry about being cut if you're a fourth or fifth round safety. Gets after that, and uh, mm-hmm. then I think that is danger zone. Um, Tristan, no brainer. AJ, no brainer. And the, anybody saying that, I, I get it right now and the, the mock drafts. They are what they are, and, and um, I, I don't really follow any in particular. I just kind of glanced through a few. The idea of J, A.J. going in the 20s kind of blows my mind. Too. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, and Scott and I talked about this in the podcast yesterday. I wouldn't be shocked at the Lions. You know, they love Hawkeyes. <laughs> they love. They, have, they, they took Matt Nelson as a defensive tackle and said, we're going to put some time in you and make you an offensive tackle. That's the NFL. Yep, They love Hawkeyes, and I wouldn't be shocked. If somebody made if somebody Lions made a move at one of these two guys at three.
2: It would be uh certainly big time news for for the Iowa Hawkeye program. You know, I, I brought this up with a national uh college football writer and what this can mean. Second consecutive year with two first rounders for Iowa. Does it change anything? Does it change anything on the recruiting trail? For the Hawkeyes, or is it just kind of same old, same old? Keep plugging away, find those Iowa guys, and then every once in a while, try to break through with one of these bigger four or five star.
1: Ferens, I don't think. I think Ferens did that once. You know, in two thousand five, he he got drunk on the success and (laughs) went into the recruiting and got got stars. You know, stars that everybody thought would work, and that that we got to remind people that two thousand five was the two thousand nine team, and that team did end up winning the Orange Bowl. But it was with players like Pat Anger who hung around, and A.J. Eads who came a class later or earlier. Uh, so it wasn't the guys everybody thought. So I, I think I don't see Ferentz changing the recruiting, you know, changing the direction of recruiting now with given success in the NFL draft stuff. I think they're just going to kind of march in their line. Maybe the guys who come to them will be a little bit better. And I think that's probably what you have to look for. And you could probably argue it is. I mean, Elijah Yelverton. look at that guy. He, he, he's not a tight end mm-hmm. who comes to Iowa usually. Um, Deuce, he, gets, he looks better and better every day. Um, I'm interested in the running backs to see how they do. I, I think it's cool Gavin Williams is going early. Um, so I, I don't see Iowa changing the recruiting because of the NFL success, but, man, nine guys to the NFL, nine underclassmen in the NFL in the last uh, – uh, three years. That's a chunk. And I think, as somebody pointed out, and I've, I've been kind of avoiding writing about the defensive depth chart for a while <laughs> because I'm, I don't know what the heck's left over there, but uh, defensive line, that's a portal deal. <laughs> you need a body, yep. maybe two.
0: That's an interesting way to put it, and, in the, and the portal is open. So is that a bigger concern, do you think, Mark, the rebuilding of the defensive line or the, I guess it's at this point, still unknown at the quarterback position? What's the bigger concern of those two?
1: Defensive line in my mind. Um, you guys saw the national title game. Greatest oh, quarterbacks in the world. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the constant pressure that Joe Burrow was under from uh, Clemson's defensive line—that's what—that's what cemented him. Uh, you know, people are saying that's the greatest offense of all time in college football. There are numbers that support that. And watching Joe Burrow manage the the rush in that game, tremendous. So, Trent, that's a great question. I just brought up both. <laughs> A good example of how both positions matter, position groups matter. Um, Brian Perrin said at, at the bowl game that Spencer Petras has mastery of the system. When Brian says that, it grabs my attention because mm. last time I heard him say that, it was uh, C.J. Bather. So that that's that's good. Uh, he said about Stanley too, so I take that back. But um, when he says that, you have a quarterback. So he said that uh, Petras, um can move the parts around and make the game make. Make a give Iowa the best chance for good plays, which is the quarterback's job in Iowa's offense. And uh man, I still think though the way Iowa's built what it wants to be on uh, defensive line is just a step above.
2: You took a stab at the twenty twenty depth chart you uh Went through all the position groups. Was was there a position group that was difficult to come up with? One that hard to find starters or find depth? You mentioned concerned about that defensive line, but what else is you putting everything together? Kind of maybe change your opinion a little bit as you're working your way through.
1: I think uh, let's let's go with three positions. I think um, uh, left guard. Uh, I'm putting Justin Brett in there. Um, I think uh, Farron said too many good things about him for me to ignore last fall. I think he would have played last fall. I think he's got a job, but I also think he's tall enough to maybe there he could maybe slide out to tackle and create some competition out there. Um, they're short of tackle body now with uh, uh, Ezra Miller leaving or yeah. uh, retiring due to back surgery, mm-hmm. back injury. So uh, I think tap watch tackle bodies that makes me nervous. The corner the corner race and the safety race Trent. Um, it it depends on what Phil Parker wants the defense to be. Uh if he if he likes cash and I kinda think that's where it's gonna go. I think that Dame Belton stays at Cash. Then you find a new uh uh safety and I, I assume that the deck is clear for Kayvon Merriweather there. Corner's a whole different thing. Um yeah, Julius Brins is the first name I run to, and I think it probably is for you too, Trent. But uh, he's not just I I've not seen him enough. So I think that position is gonna be fun to watch and you know, Still goes on trust there, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Riley Moss get a clear shot at that job.
0: Interesting. Uh, what's the ceiling for Sam Laporta? Mark, uh, I really like his body control.
1: Um, I like his attitude. He, he's basically one of those kids who got his big break was getting a as a football player was getting a scholarship at Iowa. I mean, it really was, yeah. and uh, and he shows up last year, and wow, that kid can do that. So. Give Brian Ferentz a high five. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure he started that bridge there, but he went and saw basketball, and he was like, "Yeah, that he's got it." And they brought him in. I think tight end could be interesting next year. But you guys talk about, you know, one. You talk about low position group, Trent. Trent hmm. High position group is wide receiver. I think yeah. it's the best yeah. position group that they have. I think it's the best wide receiver core Ferentz has had. So I think targets will go that way, flow that way. Tight end. You know, if you can, I'm not, okay, there's the bar of, of Fanton Hawkinson. If they really can hit uh, uh, Krieger, Coble, and George in 2015, uh, that would be good. That would be really good because then uh, Spencer Peacher suddenly has a ton of support.
2: Two first-round picks this year with Wurfs and Epinesa. After this year, who is the next first-round draft pick from the University of Iowa?
1: mm Hmm. hmm. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Oh,
0: yeah. What do you,
1: what do you think, what do you think about do. that one?
2: Probably um, it'd be late first round because he's a center.
1: Right, exactly. And you're right. That is a position that is not highly coveted. And centers do occasionally kind of sneak up there. But you guys saw the gifts. You guys yes. saw the attitude. Yeah. You guys saw the physical. The, the nastiness. And he loves it. And so, <laughs> uh, he needs some growth, um, but... I think uh, he opened eyes this year. And Ben Finel, he uh, covers, uh, he does packer film room for the athletic. And oh my goodness, that is fantastic. But uh, he he's already he, he's talking about he was looking at worst film. and He's like, hey, who's sixty five? And uh, boy oh boy, he showed some uh, uh, Linderbaum clips. Yeah, I think that's
2: the guy. What if I told you Davion Nixon? Would that be a wild one? Does he does he have still that kind of upside to his game played inside? And he certainly flashed a little bit he this did. year. Yeah.
1: Maybe. Uh, the next guy I would go to, um, and this is probably a stretch, but could you see Amir Smith-Marset having a 1,000-yard area this year as a receiver? I, I think that'd be a stretch. I think he could have a 1,000 yards from scrimmage or a 1,000 all-purpose yards. Mm-hmm. He gets in that sort of range. Oh boy, uh, he's going to get some first-round clicks. I mean, he is 6 mm-hmm. a little bit light, but I thought he, he had a de- two-way value.
0: Mark, I thought what? he had a decision to make this year. I really, I thought he would explore. Not saying he would have got the yeah, it's time, it's your time. But but what he did, the speed, the special teams, the kick return, he's got the he's got a pretty good uh, resume to put in front of these uh, these teams.
1: 100% agree, and I think big year next year, and I think he gets some draft buzz. Yeah. But Trent, you're right. I think that's a great that's a great name to throw out Davion. Um, I need to see more impact. Mm.
0: Mark uh, Big Ten West overall. TJ Green got another year of eligibility. Northwestern was really bad this year. Uh, I'm I'm anxious to see how things shake out. Uh, in wisconsin at the quarterback position i really am the freshman didn't uh didn't get it mertz was was passed over this year uh as we know cohen got the job and uh he's still he's uh he'll be a senior so yeah he's got another year left i think that's the battle so were those maybe two to watch or is green going to come in and take over northwestern what about quarterback battles in the big 10 west yeah
1: that's a great question um Wisconsin could have a mess on his hands. I, I like Cone. Um, I thought he moved the offense. He Next year, he won't have the, the best center. I think Wisconsin's had a long time. Mm-hmm. He won't have Jonathan Taylor, so he's going to have to make some stuff happen next year. Uh, Graham Mertz came in. He's a five-star quarterback. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, uh, so what you, if, if you're Hawkeye people, here's what you want. You want a 2014 mess that the Hawkeyes had between <laughs> Bezard and Rudoc. You want that to bleed from now and through <laughs> October, and you want the Badgers to be disheveled and not knowing who the hell the quarterback is. That's what you want. Um, I think Cone will probably solidify it again, and that other kid, if he doesn't get the job, I could probably see him transferring. But he's, he's going to get, Merch is going to get a, a, a solid chance. Northwestern, that was, I am i don't have high expectations next year for Northwestern because of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. But the news you just said about Trent, uh, Trent Green's son coming back, mm-hmm. That's a big deal. He was he won the job, and, and then at the beginning of the year, I think the first game got hurt. Um, I don't know if there's enough playmakers there. There's a first year coordinator. I don't have a high hopes next year for Northwestern. Um, one quarterback battle, and I, don't, I haven't read this and I haven't seen this, but you know, we, we us three saw the Nebraska game. Yes, huh. uh, McCaffrey. McCaffrey came mm-hmm. in for one play and threw a beautiful pass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, And before he even did that, the crowd is uh, chanting, Luke, Luke. (laughs) So, you know, uh, I think Nebraska has a quarterback something going. I'm not going to call it controversy. I have a lot of respect for Adrian Peterson. He's a tough kid, but someone's knocking on his door, and I don't know how that's going to go.
0: I'm with you now. To the north of us, Anikstead was the guy that had, you know, all the accolades when he got there. But how do you replace Tanner Morgan after the season that he had?
1: You don't. <laughs> you just don't yeah it ain't broke you can't there's no reason to fix it Tanner Morgan might he he just looks like uh you know he looks like the point guard who comes to why basketball and he's <laughs> in headbands and wristbands and he, he's gonna game he's gonna push you into the wall that that kind of that kind of you know Jim Rat attitude he just exudes it and I think uh I think Fleck loves it I think that's a marriage made in heaven
2: uh, I'm right there with you. That defense, the dirty little secret about the Gophers this year, not very good defensively. It was really about no. the offense, and they only returned two starters, Winfield Jr., off to the NFL there. That's a blow. They're going to have to retool completely there, and they got work to do on that side of the football, maybe to take that next step. in sustainability also, I think, a question with the Gophers.
1: Well, it has been, and it has to be. Uh, we've seen teams spike. Iowa has spiked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that's odd, the obvious question. Minnesota do it again. Um, I like Fleck last year. I, I wrote a piece about okay, people keep finding reasons not to like this guy, but look what he did at the end of last year. Um, he fired his defensive coordinator. His defense got better. That took some guts. Uh, and they beat the crap out of Wisconsin. That, that was, uh, that was a, a watershed moment for the program. So he's got some football IQ. He's got some football grittiness to him. Now, you know, do it again. <laughs> it's, it's really that simple. I do think that. The stretch between Iowa State and Gophers, that's six days. That's a toughie for mm. the Hawkeyes. And uh, I don't know if there's any chicanery going on up there with Minnesota. If I'm Minnesota, I do that. I mean, I want home field advantage. Yep. What do I do when, with the, the hordes who come up from the south? Well, I have the game on Friday <laughs> and make it hard for them to get there. That's gamesmanship, and you got to live with it. It's going to be a tough one for the Hawkeyes to live with, I think.
0: Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey Ken, what's going on with those Jets jerseys? No, I wh- talked to those last night, and like my, my goodness, I had better jerseys when I played for Westside Lounge. I don't like the throwback either, Mark, and I want to throw back to the time when that Jets were actually good—that one year, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hey, a good
1: take care and hang in there, you guys. Yeah, good to talk to. Thank Mark. you,
0: Mark. Appreciate it, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. All right, Trent, what are you going to watch tonight? It says uh, there's no Big Ten, no. there's no Big Twelve. It's Drake on the ESPN Plus. The ESPN Plus mm-hmm. is going to seven get o'clock, it. right? I think
2: it's 7. Yes, you're correct. Seven Illinois State, Redbirds? One. Yes. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, Cincinnati, Memphis. No, I'm going to watch ESPN+. Plus. The Plus! I'm a fan! You're in! I'm in! And Now, I told you, I'm going to be an yeah, ink tonight. I Call want it on my beat. iPad.
0: I just want it on my just iPad. Just on your iPad. You yep. don't want it on your television? No, I don't want it. It's gonna, that's too technical.
2: It won't be technical. It'll be a couple buttons. It'll be right there. Mm. Crystal clear, HD.
0: Yeah, I'm a creature of habit. I, I like it. I like are. it on the iPad. It works. It's okay. I'm I'm I was actually going back and forth between games. So kicking and screaming, I'm You made it. Yes. Absolutely. Uh and what does it cost me a month? Is it four ninety nine? Is yeah. that what it paid? That's not much. Especially if you're watching four or five games a week. I wouldn't have seen the Panthers last night. You know, had i had not uh, pulled the trigger and yeah. spent the four ninety nine. All right, uh Trent's in for Murph and Andy today. We'll leave you with this. In the words of Longtime broadcaster Paul Harvey, stand by for more news.